Welcome to the Garden of Belonging, a podcast exploring the things that help us belong to ourselves and the things that get in our way. I'm your host, Kim K. Gray, a life coach for good girls and people pleasers, dedicated to helping them know, trust, and courageously share their voices. In this podcast, we will explore topics such as self-knowledge, self-trust, self-acceptance, and self-expression. The world needs our unique gifts. It's time we connect with our inner voice and show up fully as ourselves. Welcome back to the Garden of Belonging podcast. Today, my guest is Sadie Titular, who you heard from last season. Um, and this is actually a conversation that we had um, before. So um, this is actually the first interview that I did with Sadie. So Sadie is a qualified and certified UK life coach for women who are ready to shake off external expectation, embrace their truest self, and live a life of deep and meaningful fulfillment. She uses her superpowers of intuition, empathy, and curiosity to support women to uncover their own superpowers and step boldly into living the best possible version of themselves. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Sadie. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Kim. I wondered if you would just start by sharing a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about. Sure. Um, so I'm Sadie. I'm a, a coach for child-free women who are looking for a bit of purpose and fulfillment. Um, I'm a child-free woman myself by choice, um, although women come to that child-free status through lots of different ways as choice or circumstance. Um, but my kind of journey was I spent my 20s, I guess, bit, getting a little bit of wildness out of my system. Um, and then in my 30s, kind of catching up to what I thought were the milestones and the shoulds mm-hmm. that I kind of should be doing in life. So I had um, uh, friends who'd kind of got married, had kids, and I kind of felt a little bit behind in that, in that world. Um, but then in my late 30s, when I started to think, actually, I don't, that's not really my path. Um, I didn't see myself as a mum, was in a relationship that was, um, he was, he was kind of of the same, the same view. Um, so in my late 30s, coming into my 40s, <clears throat> I did start to think more about if I wasn't going to be a mum, then who was I? Like, what was, what was my identity? What was my purpose? Um, and that question led me on this kind of beautiful awakening to not only kind of getting in touch with my own purpose, which is coaching, um, but also this kind of journey into trusting myself and getting a bit of my own um, self-belief and kind of structures, I guess, around around myself, um, which kind of meant that I was kind of back in contact with my own intuition, um, got some kind of values kind of clear that I thought, well, these are my, these are my compass. Um, and now I'm kind of really passionate about kind of helping women find their own path through that as well. So those own, their own choices, their, um, their own struggles and the kind of the three P's I call them of, of limiting behavior. So kind of people pleasing, perfectionism, mm. um, and that procrastination, which kind of get people stuck in a bit of a loop and off where they actually want to be in their life. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's me. Oh, I love it. I love the work that you're doing because I think it's so important for those voices to be out there because so much of the narrative is that, you know, you get married, you have kids and that whole system. So I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of, it's not a, 
it's better than or one way is better than the other it's just there's different paths for people um and I I think this has always been the child free especially when people choose to be child free as well or their circumstances means that they're kind of that's where they are um it's it's not always understood I think by a wider Mm -hmm. group that people don't talk about it much I'm kind of in that space of getting people to be fit or getting women to feel more comfortable with that as their identity yeah I love that So you talked a little bit about self-trust in your own story. So what does Mm -hmm. self-trust mean to you and how does it, has it affected your life? Um, I don't think I ever kind of really, like, as I said, through my twenties and thirties, I probably didn't have much of that self-trust and a lot of kind of inner critic and and doubt that was kind of always there. So for me, self-trust has definitely been um, getting back in touch with and listening to my intuition. Mm. Um, and kind of finding that as a this kind of inner compass and inner voice and first of all tuning back into it but then trusting in what it was saying as well um, and having a kind of a set of values that I know if I'm kind of living by if I'm making choices by these decisions and I can't go far wrong um, and having that as kind of a bit of a, a, a check-in as well it's like mm-hmm. if I've got a decision or something feels a bit uncomfortable that's always what I check in with is that is my intuition telling me I should be doing something different or is it against my values? And that's kind of the, the framework of, of my trust. Um, and then it's also for me kind of, because I do have that inner critic voice quite, quite frequently still, I don't think it ever goes away. Um, but knowing that even if that voice is there, that I can still make bold decisions and move me close to where I want to be and let that voice be there, but not get too caught up on it. Um, and kind of getting a habit now thinking well I've done this before or I've trusted myself before things have worked out let's go with it let's trust myself again um let's back myself on the decisions that I'm making and kind of um and go with it so it's led me to make decisions that are based on where I want to be and who I want to be rather than kind of maintaining the status quo mm. so it lets me it lets me play big Mm-hmm. um because when that fear gets in the way that kind of keeps us small um so kind of trusting myself and going no this is this is big and scary and acknowledging that whatever it might be um but deciding do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do it anyway and see what happens yeah and i i love that idea that it's not that you completely don't have that that voice anymore that critic or you don't you you have so much self-trust that like you have no fears like that's just not reasonable oh, no, 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 and <laughs> but yeah, that you, you do those things in spite of the fear because you have that trust in your own resilience and you know and, and your values I like that having that compass of um, your values that you can checkpoint against yeah between them they're kind of a I think they're a good framework to to stay within and then when I've coached with clients as well who are worried about making decisions and they might make the wrong choice mm. or they might um, upset people. I said, if you know what your values are and you're working within that, then you won't go far wrong and you won't, um, you won't make people cross or you won't be rude. I think that was, that was the thing the particular client was worried about that she'd come off as rude mm-hmm. if she was being bold. Mm. And I said, no, you have to ask for what you want. Um, and if, as long as you're acting in your values, then yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and sometimes people might not react the way you expect and that's on them. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing as well is you can't worry about, you can't worry too much about what other people will react to. You have to kind of trust that this is the right thing for you mm-hmm. um, or that overall it's the right thing or you're going in the right direction and just just go there. Mm-hmm. 
So you talked a little bit about like your 20s and early 30s kind of being a time when you didn't trust yourself as much. Um, can you talk more about that? What was that like and what, um, like, what did it keep you from doing? Um, especially through my 20s, I think it kept me um, probably in a relationship that I, I didn't need to be in, for one, definitely, because I couldn't trust myself that I could leave it and be happy. Mm. Um, but I, th I think a more recent example of, of where my lack of trust has, has because I think in my 20s I wasn't aware that I, I wasn't aware that I didn't trust myself so I didn't realize it was missing mm -hmm. um but at the end of last year the end of 2018 I, I had a, a bit of a burnout I just had so much going on that I kind of overloaded myself um and burnt myself out and all my self-belief and all my self-trust was completely stripped away it was like it kind of went off on holiday <laughs> and abandoned me um and I was left with this really loud inner critic um and it meant that I couldn't even trust myself to make simple decisions, mm. um, like when to put something in the oven, when to take it out of the oven. Um, I kind of lost sight of, um, I, I felt I was probably annoying everyone and even people that I knew deep down loved me. I kind of thought, oh, they must think I'm really annoying. And, and I, I even physically made myself smaller as well. It was mm. kind of like I'd lost this, um, this ability to kind of take up space. And I think it was only because I had, that I knew what it was like to have that trust that once it had kind of, I'd lost it, um, just because through overload, that that compass was gone and I was unsure of myself and my place in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so even those little decisions, it was kind of like, well, how, how do you know you're right? And it was all these questions constantly of how do you know you're right? And what if you make the wrong choice? And um, it's you're being annoying now by asking lots of questions and <laughs> kind of that it was like I couldn't win um mm -hmm. and it made me realize that back in those times in the in my 20s maybe that I felt that way all the time and just didn't realize that, that was a lack of trust in myself mm -hmm. so I relied on other people to make my decisions for me because I couldn't trust myself to make them um and I kind of navigated on autopilot of just what was safe and mm -hmm. what was small to kind of avoid those big decisions um, mm -hmm. and feel safe and it was kind of I can see now why like having self-trust is so important if you've got big goals and if you've got big ambitions that if you don't trust yourself to make small decisions you're never going to trust yourself to make the big ones yeah um, so it's I think going through that made me realize that for so long when I was younger that's actually what kept me small is that not trusting myself just to do to do things that on one level I felt I wanted to do but just couldn't trust myself to to do mm -hmm. so yeah. it's yeah I'm, I'm kind of now I've got it back I'm kind of very um very sacred of it <laughs> very yeah. <protective. laughs> yeah I bet so um when you think about those outside voices and the, the experts how do you balance those voices with your own inner voice Mm. I like this question because it kind of it did make me think um, I, I loved it being kind of radical self-trust as well um, and I think being a child free certainly goes against the grain and is challenging um, so and kind of and also being being in my 40s and choosing to switch career going from kind of a life um, of project management I've been doing for 10 years to coaching completely switching switching tracks at 40 I realized how powerful self-trust is in giving me that confidence 
to have that trust in my instinct and my intuition um, and I think that's quite a radical thing to do because it's the child free thing I've, I've personally never had um, too much kind of skepticism or um, or judgment from family or friends which I'm quite lucky about um, but I've also never been very vocal about it either it's been kind of just the thing that's evolved mm-hmm. um, but now I'm kind of a bit more kind of owning, owning it and kind of speaking of it more um and that's kind of where the radical bit comes in because i can trust in the decisions that i've made and i can trust myself to vocalize them and not feel frightened by that or if i am to kind of just big fat do it anyway (laughs) 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 um but yeah naysayers uh, yeah it's tricky you're never going to please everyone Mm -hmm. and there will people there will always be people that have opinions that are different and their opinions are completely out of my control Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of none of my business what other people's opinions are um, and how they're formed and why they're formed so again kind of trusting myself to choose where I put my energy and if that's kind of trying to interact with them and um, and converse with them and kind of be involved with them or just say well do you know what I'm not explaining myself to you I don't have to explain myself I don't have to justify myself my choices are my choices and yours are yours and that's fine um as i said i'm lucky to have family and friends who are supportive um naysayers tend to be kind of strangers on the internet as i think they often are about a lot of things everyone has an opinion on the internet um but i have also found there's a few friends that i have had to distance myself from simply because as i've gotten older and wiser um i can see again about where i'm putting my energy and that whilst they may not have agreed with my choices they don't I don't fit in to their space anymore mm-hmm. or they may not have been comfortable with me wanting to take up more space um so it's kind of would well, you know what that's you have to accept it at some level and say well that's that's the way it is mm-hmm. um and sometimes that means letting relationships go um but yeah, in my my energy and where I put my effort is what's important, and that needs to be into positive relationships. Yeah. As for as for experts, um, <clears throat> I try to remember a few things about about experts. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I think <laughs> it's very easy to get a title of expert. I think now again, especially on the internet. Um, but I think someone's lived experience always outweighs someone else's opinion. Yeah. Um, so no matter how much of an expert someone is, as us as individuals, we know ourselves best um, in so many ways. And my inner voice knows me better than I kind of know myself consciously. So it's it's kind of steered me right in the past. So I have to kind of trust that it'll steer me right again. Um, and whilst experts have their value and their place, we have to be kind of objective about their views and opinions because um, we kind of have to ask maybe how does it relate to my experience? How does their experience relate to my experience? Um, how does it relate to my views, my values? Um, what's their personal agenda? Um, what are they teaching and why are they teaching it? And do I feel I can trust them and put value in their advice? Or is it something I want to kind of put aside and say, thanks, but that's, I have my own view. Um, or is it something that I kind of 
often spark something off that I want to find out more about. So it's not an immediate kind of this person's right over what I think. It's well, that's an interesting point. I want to kind of explore it a bit more. So I think the experts have their their place, but I think my inner voice is what I would trust in more most of the time, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, related to that, in this sort of age of science and research that tries to take teach us this like right way how do you feel like self-trust fits in there yeah again the right way is is um there's lots of kind of shoulds and um it's 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 more around again back to my intuition is that's even more important and if you're comparing yourself to people on the internet and everything that they're doing and the path that everyone else seems to be on it's really difficult to kind of get caught up in that and think that's what we should be doing um our ancestors used their instinct and their intuition to navigate the seas to navigate the land to hunt to fish to farm um that's how they made their decisions they didn't have the internet they didn't have loads of data they didn't have <laughs> books of facts and that to tell them when to do this or alarms going off to tell them when to get up and everything was more just very much more in tune with their body in tune with nature and it's so easy to get caught up with having apps that tell us when to do everything um, <laughs> and having the internet that tells us what everyone else is doing and we, why we should be doing it as well so it's it's some of that has its place and some of it's useful but it's um again it's there there's trends that run all the time and they can't change us as individuals it's kind of that again that inner compass is what um that's what should be steering us because that's that's that deep inner knowing that we've lost contact with and if we become too reliant on needing to have facts and needing to have figures to make decisions it's easy to let doubt creep in because mm -hmm. if you have conflictive information over as one thing it's kind of like well who do i believe which expert do i mm -hmm. do i listen to uh, which is the right answer um and again when there's so many experts it's even not as if you've got two opinions to yeah. to try and bounce off of um so it's even more important i think to over like avoid that overwhelm and paralysis of, of choice by kind of saying well what's feeling into what's right for me and um what do i trust is the right thing to do yeah, yeah. not easy <laughs> no no and i but i think it's there's also a place for trying things out too like sometimes i think we get caught up in this idea that like i have to choose the right way and maybe there is no right way maybe there's just a way and you step out and you try it and you find out that it works for you or it doesn't and it's yeah. fine right and then you you learn and you change and you do something different yeah exactly and it doesn't um there's a fear around making mistakes or being seen to be wrong but that's how that's how we learn things just mm -hmm. for example making dinner earlier we misread a, a recipe step and mixed two things which should not have been mixed um, <laughs> but we kind of went well it's kind of they're all going to go in in at some point anyway so let's just see how it goes and it works out fine and you kind of um even small things like that is kind of trusting and not getting too overwhelmed by oh god it's ruined in is ruined right. <laughs> i start again it's okay well let's just see what happens not the end of the world um might taste awful might be really nice and that's a new way of doing it it's kind of there's always those little lessons that if you're not going to be brave enough to just try things you'll never find out new ways of doing things so yeah i mean i think some of the like most 
useful inventions and things for like some mistake or <laughs> or like I'm yeah. just gonna try this right like penicillin was a, was yeah. a mistake it was kind of Absolutely. something left out overnight so there's um yeah trust is a big part in that just trusting yourself that it's it'll be okay and it doesn't matter if you do make a mistake it's you learn and you move on yeah exactly um, so when I think about radical self-trust, I think about going against the grain and we've talked a little bit about this. Um, whereas there, like, do you have other examples of when you went against the grain and trusted your own instinct and had positive results and how did you, how did that go? Um, I, yeah, I think taking, um, taking up coaching at 40 was um probably a a, a big leap um i've i mean i've got a, a job that i've been at the same organization for for many years um and it's kind of it's 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 like a local government job which means it's pretty much kind of a, a short bet thing there's yeah that you're there for life kind of thing um and then it just kind of to all intents and purposes it seems sensible just to stay there just do a, a job i know how to do um, in an environment that I'm used to and a place that's fairly um, stable um, rather than com completely retraining <laughs> and putting a lot of time and money and investment into myself to retrain and then start declaring to the world that I am, I am a coach and I coach women um, who are child free looking for purpose and even just putting a label on it and telling people that kind of there's this inner voice like oh but no we're not really because <laughs> there's all these things that we have to do yet before we can be classed as that and there's um it doesn't matter if i'm doing it and i'm serving people then i'm a coach and i am coaching people so it's kind of it's it's shouting down that voice of yeah this may feel like it's a, a weird thing to do or i'm too old to retrain um or that maybe there isn't a market for it because no one's talking about this as a as a thing so why do you want to raise our hand up and kind of say well we think this is important or i think this is important so it's kind of trusting in that um and so far it's worked out it's worked out fine and again it's kind of about unfolding and allowing mm. something to just to to happen and not to cling too much on it being the right way or the only way um or to be to feel fear around failure either Mm -hmm. so kind of stripped away that if i haven't met a certain point at a certain time that doesn't mean i failed that means i'm on a journey and that journey is evolving mm -hmm. um and when i then i look back and kind of consider what i have done as well but no i've done i've done so much over over the last year um and i never would have got this far if i hadn't have just trusted myself and gone yeah it, it feels like a crazy thing to do but <laughs> i am <laughs> here let's we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's just try it see what happens um what's the worst thing could happen <clears throat> that's kind of what i kept telling myself and it's um yeah so far i'm still here nothing the world there is no kind of end point i think a lot of the time we we think if if we keep on doing something that there'll be an end point and suddenly the yeah. curtain will go up and we'll get told oh you failed at life you have to you have to go now <laughs> like, like you don't really fail at anything you just kind of you, you learn a lesson you learn how you should do it or you shouldn't do it or how you can do it or um and then you grow from that and you you go again so it's and i think in a world where there's so many um people telling you what you should be doing 
to trust yourself to do something that you want to do is is pretty radical yeah Mm. it's interesting isn't it because it seems like such a simple thing and yet it is pretty radical yeah and I, I think um in a way with so many choices get taken away from you as well and there's almost um this kind of want to just get people to, to autopilot through mm-hmm. and kind of have little tick off their check boxes of, of of goals and things to say i want to do something different and there's more for me out there then that's going against the grain yeah so what practices and support structures do you have in place to um, support trusting yourself um i think especially since my burnout i realized how important it is to protect my energy Mm. um especially with boundaries um so i identify as being um highly sensitive um so i know that i can get really overwhelmed by a lot of things happening at once or even just uh a few things over a couple of days that can build up to kind of like that's too much (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna hide now for for a while so the power of saying no to things is kind of that's um like the i want to have a little baton that says no and just kind of have it in my pocket and <laughs> work it out at people that's that's been a big thing about trust as well is is saying no to someone and trusting that like they're not going to blow up or they're not going to scream at me or they'll more than likely just go okay so when else would be a good time or well that's fine we'll see you we'll see you another time so definitely that kind of saying no to things um honoring the time that i need to rest and recharge so not kind of thinking oh i'll i'll rest then i'll rest then i'll rest then and kind Mm -hmm. of keep pushing it further away it's to go you know what it's there is value in resting and resting and just being in a a state of being for a while and not doing anything else that has value for me and that is if i'm doing that that means that i can tune back into my intuition because if i'm not then everything else is too loud and i can't i can't kind of tune back into it um i have what brienne brown calls my square squad um so i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but you kind of she says you should have a list of people that will fit on a small square of paper and they're your square squad Mm. Um, if you have too many then it's kind of too many people but you want to have a handful of people and they are the people that you trust to bounce ideas off of discuss my thoughts and feelings in a safe way so i can get them out of my head um and kind of have them challenged too but in a way that i know is safe because these are people that i kind of 100 percent trust mm-hmm. um, so yeah i've got my square squad they're my <laughs> love it my little backup dancers <laughs> um and like yeah because i think self-trust is important because although you need to have that self-trust you we can't also act in isolation um so it's good to kind of have context and that challenge sometimes because that helps get clear on what we really want mm-hmm. um and it's often sometimes i find i can get quite obsessed about a thing um and kind of get really in depth into it and it takes over from everything else um my husband who's on my square squad he'll be someone that will kind of remind me that hang on weren't you going to do this <laughs> and mm-hmm. when you going to have an early night so he's kind of a he's a good one to check in with um when i get a bit too carried away and remind me that yeah come on go to bed <laughs> you're tired <laughs> um and having yeah having someone to bounce ideas off of 
if they disagree but then I kind of feel like I want to go ahead anyway that's like a really kind of good check-in that um, the act of talking about it and then the idea of feeling if it didn't happen and then I go no no, no actually no I do want to try it I've, yeah thanks for your advice or thanks for your help but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway um, but it's nice to kind of to have that check-in loop with people mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah having boundaries um, protecting my energy that square squad that's what's really helped in me kind of double kind of it's like a double check of my of my own mm -hmm. self-trust to have mm -hmm. that little that support group yeah <clears throat> yeah and when you were talking about being highly sensitive and having the boundaries and the self-care and protecting your energy I just was thinking how it's hard to trust yourself as a, as a highly sensitive person because our society is so like, go, go, go and like yeah. never stop and always on. And um, so it's easy to just, if you're one of those people, which I am as well, to be like, oh, well, I'm lazy because I'm going to bed early or I'm taking a day off or not scheduling myself yeah. so compactly and all those things that's hard to yeah there's this kind of there's like, there's like a value and um emphasis put on if you can stay up late or if you're a really early bird and you can get up really early and get up before five and get all this stuff done and then do a full day work and it's kind of like well that's that's great if you have the energy for that but i it for me going to bed at nine that's a big win <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's what i like doing that's what serves me better and that's what means that my energy is there but kind of there isn't that same culture around saying, oh, I go to bed early as there is over kind of, yeah, I have really late nights and I hardly ever need sleep. It's kind of, we devalue things that make, um, that are restful activities. Yeah. That for a lot of people are how we recharge. So it's, there's a definite kind of culture thing of trusting yourself to say, well, no, this is what I need individually. So might look very different for someone else, but for me, rest is a big, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, do you follow the nap ministry? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just like rest is resistance. I mean, I just love that. <laughs> yeah. It's um and it's kind of yeah, to say look, I'm gonna go home. Like today I wasn't feeling great at work and I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna say I'm I'm gonna go and work from home for the rest of the afternoon and not worry about if anyone was judging me or thinking, Oh god, it's only Monday and um, can't you even get through a day? I was like, no, if I know, I know if I go home and rest by being in a comfortable environment and work from home, then I will make it through the rest of the week. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what yeah. I needed. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Well, thank you, Sadie, for joining me and sharing your experience and your wisdom. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I think this is, um, I think it's a really important thing for people to explore that feeling of self-trust and to, um, to find out where they are with it and then also kind of how they can they can get get more resilient around it if they need to yeah absolutely awesome thanks thank you for joining me in the garden of belonging if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe so you don't miss any others and if you leave a review it really helps it reach and support more people if you'd like to explore these topics more deeply, join me in the Garden of Belonging community. There's a link in the show notes for more information about that. Until next time, take care of you. Music in this episode by Dan O. Songs. <laughs>